0: hello and welcome to breaking late a motorsports podcast i'm your host michael and with me is jd How's it going?
1: Not too bad, Michael. I enjoyed a good night's racing last night. Got up in the middle of the night and watched the Montreal Grand Prix, and it was pretty good. Yeah, it was very early. Yeah, in
0: Australia, it was about a 3.30 in the morning start, so it was rise and try and stay awake for the race. But it was a good race. It was nice and exciting. There was lots of stuff happening.
1: Yeah, there's a different strategy and stuff like that. It was really interesting to see Ferrari. Don't know if they're trying to take it to Mercedes to try and make them follow them or what was going on there, but, um, yeah, they went with a... a a two-stopper when uh mercedes stuck with their one-stop strategy for hamilton and come up trumps the ferrari's couldn't catch him in the end
0: it was good um that was the second win on the trot for hamilton so he must be pretty happy with that
1: yeah he must be starting to build some confidence again he's right back in the championship i think it was only what three meetings ago yeah before they had their crash he um quite- yeah he was quite a long way back and uh now he's already right back in it like nine points to the difference now so it's it's a it's getting really close up the top there and hamilton was showing some good pace and strength throughout the whole weekend even um at the start of
0: qualify uh, qualifying practice sorry he was really good in um fp1
1: well he was fastest in every session so fp1 fp2 fp3 and qualify but he didn't and Not he the managed race. But nah. he didn't get the quickest lap of the race. Um, that was Rosberg, uh, as he put on the late set of tyres and charged through. But yeah, that was um, he really nearly he nearly did the clean sweep with the race win and the fastest lap. So hasn't he's, been done in a while. It's definitely starting to look like the old Hamilton again. Yeah, definitely is, um, something definitely. that Nico really
0: needs to look out for because we said this last week that I think if Hamilton gets the lead of the championship,
1: he can run away with it. I was really surprised with um how much Nico's been struggling like i I could understand in in Monaco he struggled with the tire temp and stuff like that, and they did have that problem again in Montreal that the temperatures dropped, so all the data that he had from practice and and qualifying and all that didn't really um move across to the race and stuff like that for tire temp and getting a, getting those tires in their working window but it's, yeah it's just a, yeah, it was just, a bit of a struggle.
0: He, he really did struggle all weekend he um We'll get to this a little bit later in the show. We had that bit of the start where it wasn't the greatest start of the race, but. Yeah, the contact. He, um, yeah. Yeah, just throughout the race, he just didn't have the pace. We finished second to Hamilton nearly every time this weekend. Um, all the bugs that seemed to be plaguing Hamilton at the start of the season have sort of jumped over to the number six car
1: yeah it was another one of those races that proved mercedes can lead a race but they can't they can't move through a field yeah they they struggle to move through the field even with that far superior engine they just they're bad and dirty air they they're just like they they go from immortal car to a mere mortal yeah (laughs) Um, just one or the other in the bunch yeah, Michael, what do you think? Massa, in practice, there, another another hit with the wall. Yeah, that was a, um, a big hit
0: right at the start of FP1. Caught a little bit of it. I think it stayed up. It was about 12, 12.30 at night or something when it um, came on. Watched it it sort of come out of the blue like no one was i mean no one really expects a crash but it must have been a drs failure or something along the lines because you can see he's just come at the end of the straight which is a drs zone hit the brakes i don't know if it closed as quick or something but it definitely unsettled the rear of that car and he slid into that wall with paint the whole back of the car was gone
1: yeah i, I did read a bit about it they Williams come out and backed him up he himself um, he said that he felt that something went wrong with the car Williams said that the uh, DRS didn't it didn't close properly it, it partially closed so when he come up to the end of the straight they went for the brakes and he just didn't have the rear instability so it's just gone around and backed to straight in the wall uh, a lot of damage and it made him sit out that session and probably cost the uh, track time for him. And top work
0: for the the guys and girls back at Williams to manage to get that car back together for the rest of the weekend.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, Same with... uh who was it, Magnuson's car? Magnuson in FP3. Yeah, uh, they did great work to get them back out. Obviously, Magnuson uh, skipped or missed qualifying. Yep. But it was impressive to see that effort that they the could turnaround get. turnaround to yeah, get it back out. Yeah, that's a full new tub on that um, Lotus, so it's then a big effort. Renault. At Renault. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the Renault. Sorry, there's a full new tub in the Renault, uh, which was a great effort for them to get it back out there and in the race properly. So, JD,
0: a lot of the teams came to um Canada with a few Upgrades on their cars.
1: Yeah, all the Renault power units now. Um, Red Bull, both their cars have one in it, and also the both the Renault cars now have the upgraded power unit, which they really need at that sort of track with the long long straights and stuff like that. It's a really power sensitive circuit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was impressive. What do you think of the uh, Vettel's new uh, turbo? situation there that seemed to get a bit more power it, out of it. it wasn't struggling
0: as much um he
1: did a really good job in qualifying
0: they've just he had that extra bit of pace this weekend and he's just he looked fairly confident in the car all weekend there was a few times in practice he did get really like i think he was at like, third most of the time um behind the two mercedes the car seemed to hold up well there was no reliability issues because we did have the um the ferrari 2016 spec ferrari engine last meeting in monaco go on the sauber so we do know they're a little bit bit um
1: well yeah they've blown a few up this year already uh they haven't been the most reliable
0: but i think the upgrades are definitely going in the right direction
1: yeah well the uh toto uh, wolf was basically said that the new Ferrari Turbo brought the Ferrari engine up to spec with the, the Mercedes. Like, they're on a level playing field now. It they does don't seem have an advantage anymore. The
0: gap between Mercedes and the rest of the field is definitely closing, which, as a fan, is great to see because you're getting a lot more competitive racing. You're not getting your one, two Mercedes finishes. It's getting a little bit harder to predict. It
1: is. It's um seems to be every track we go to as well. It's a toss-up where the Ferrari is going to be faster than Red Bull or Red Bull is going to be faster than Ferrari. So far this year, I think... Vettel's been fast one meeting, slow the next. Fast one meeting, slow the next. Fast one meeting, slow the next. Yeah, it's just been a bit up
0: and down for him. But let's hope he gets it all back together and gets a bit more consistency. We're going into a new track next uh, next weekend, which that's a clean slate for everyone. We don't know how it's going to go.
1: Yeah, no data for any of the teams so far, Michael. So... It'll be really interesting to see who can find their setup because it might not come down to who has the best car but who has the best setup quick gets in the groove quickly there um so that'd be really interesting i know they've all got great people working on it but it it'll really see which drivers find it it's another street track as well so it's going to have a lot of concrete around it which drivers can push it and and gain those little gains out of the actual driver themselves as well and what do you think about the, the lookout so the look of the Baku track.
0: The new track in Baku looks, it's all right. It, I think it looks very Singapore-esque.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's another street track. It looks a bit, I, I can't wait to see it. Like it obviously we quick. can only see the maps and stuff that they've put up and that um, and a few of the pictures. But to actually watch the cars go around, it's going to be really interesting. It's got a few slow corners, but it's also got that really high speed. Yeah, well, we were looking straight. at the map before and we believe from about
0: turn 19 down to turn one. It's going to be flat. It's going to be flat. It's just straight. 19 and 20 i think there's 20 or 21 turns in the circuit um but either way um the last few are very small you'll be flat out of 19 all the way down to the uh the braking markers of turn
1: one it'll be interesting to see um how mercedes go with their brake temps and stuff like that i don't know they've struggled over the last couple of years with brake temps in some places if they get stuck in the pack if like rosberg doesn't get a good start or hamilton doesn't get a good start might really punish them there
0: yeah well they do need to definitely improve their um driving in traffic for the car yeah um, they, i think
1: the drivability is just not there for them with their dirty air
0: Uh we'll continue a little bit on with the baku circuit the back section of it I believe that about turn six or seven you've got a really tight almost hairpin like right hander i believe going into a chicane that should be interesting that's
1: yeah there's a, you a few see interesting if, corners there's that one that turns uh back on itself as well so it, yeah it will be really really interesting i think it's just a big unknown i can't give you a prediction
0: of anything on that track
1: yeah it's going to be a hard one i think mercedes will be definitely the pace setters obviously they're you know i guess ferrari's up there with power as well but that it looks like it might be a bit more of a mixture that track where mercedes have good downforce and good power so it is quite a good you'd have to put them back up there they're still the class setters but yeah it it would be interesting to see if red bull can get up there i think they might struggle a little bit on that long straight but i think it might be a repeat of what we've just watched them um, Montreal. So, JD, qualifying on the sad day. Did you get to catch much of that? No, I didn't. My internet's been down. <laughs> <Are you laughs> and I stream a st- it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been watching most of it on my actual mobile phone, um, which has been a bit frustrating. The Qualifying, it was, it was interesting. There wasn't heaps to take away from it. Saints clipping the wall and tearing a corner two corners off it and. I think
0: that was just a bit unlucky um we did I did show you qualifying before we started this yeah, exactly you did raise a good point that you look at the hits that like cuz Carlos was not the only one to hit the wall of champions this weekend um you had Vettel skim it as he put it in his words he took the lacquer off the um
1: off the rim off
0: the rim and i like sky f1 going i don't think they use lacquer anymore but Mm. maybe ferrari doing something Mm. um then you had i believe palmer hit the wall ricardo touched the wall most people gave it a a little brush but saints just he more slid into the wall like you were saying yeah
1: i think he was um he's moving sideways too fast you really do see the the whole
0: car kind of ripple once he hit it yeah And um, unfortunately, that broke the rear arm, tilted the back wheel the wrong way, and as he just went to accelerate out, he just drove more and more, and the whole way along down the straight, smashing into the wall and bringing his qualifying
1: to an end. Yeah, red flagging um, the session. So it was unlucky. Um, They're obviously all pushing it to the edge, and unfortunately... He found the edge and went slightly over it.
0: Yeah. Well, the red flag did help out a few teams. There a Because that did happen earlier on in Q2. Yeah, it was um, actually.
1: It was, I think, their first run in Q2. So Williams
0: or one of the teams that never made it out, but then left straight away. So that gave him a bit of advantage. They didn't have to scrub an extra set of tyres. But really, it was just qualifying. Like we said before, there wasn't heaps to take away from it. The usuals were out in Q1. It, uh, yeah, Q1. It was good to see Alonso getting back into Q3 again. He gave his little, yep, when he um got into there.
1: Yeah, he, he got helped a little bit bit there as well um button gave him a,
0: a bit of a toe down the straight yeah button had that small lock up too which cost him because he button wasn't much off getting into q um three either three so it would have been really good to see both the mclarens into q3 Yeah, um but it is what it is and Alonso was the only one to get through so q3 results you had alonzo coming home in 10th he was still a bit off i think he was 0.4 of a second off Hulkenberg qualified ninth. Uh, Massa and Bottas. There wasn't too much between the two Williams. Really, wasn't much. Only one tenth. One tenth off of it. Um, Raikkonen and Verstappen. um, Once again, they were very closely matched as well. That's another one tenth. Um, Ricardo edged out Verstappen a little bit to claim fourth in qualifying at a one thirteen one.
1: It's been really interesting, actually, that Ricardo Verstappen battle through Q3 he just seems to pip him every time he's always got something for Verstappen when he gets to Q3 oh, that's another that's a 3 tenth so that's not huge but it's 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 definitely means something it'll be something that uh, Verstappen will be getting used to the car still I, I think as well but it'll be bugging him and he'll be trying to look through the data trying to work out where he can find get out that where you can make up that time
0: Vettel did a really good he got a, a 112.99 which he wasn't too far off Rosberg that's another one tenth and then Rosberg and Hamilton there's just a bee's dick between both of them.
1: Yeah, well, that's um really shows how close the Ferrari power is getting to the to the Mercedes. That it, it's a big jump from uh, Rosberg down to Raikkonen with the old turbo setup. Yes, it's a massive jump. And Hamilton and uh, Rosberg that, you know, good to see it really close. That yes. Yeah, that was really tight qualifying for them. So it's it's really good to see Even in Q2, it's exactly the same. Like, there's nothing in it.
0: So, JD, the start of the race, do you have any opinions on the Hamilton and Rosberg contact into turn one? Well, just past turn one, I think it is. As a matter of fact, I do, Michael. You do have some <laughs> opinions on a racing incident? Uh,
1: yeah, look, it was a tough one. I think Rosberg needs to learn that Hamilton's not going to give him room. We've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was murder when Rosberg paid Hamilton the same respects that Hamilton pays him. But, yeah, he went tried to go around the outside. Hamilton's never going to let you go around the outside. Hamilton did say he had, a bit, he had understeer. He had a little bit. We watched the in-car footage. There is a little bit of understeer there, but he definitely wasn't trying very hard to give him a track room. yeah a, a car width on the on the exit of the corner there before turn two. He wasn't gonna allow that. Which ruined essentially it, it ruined Rosberg's race. It put him into a race with a lot of cars that he didn't need to be in.
0: What's your opinion on um Rosberg's entry
1: back onto the racetrack? There's another dodgy one Michael um you know there's nothing he could really do about it. He didn't have much choice. Uh it did he did jump back out and I wouldn't call it a dangerous position, but it He did it, get swamped. He got swamped and there was a Ricardo and a couple of the other cars had to make fairly evasive moves to get around him because they were coming flat like they were flowing around the around turn two on the exit next minute a slow car popped out in front of them
0: what well, cost Ricardo a bit he got he was unlucky on what side he um encountered Rosberg he sort yeah he, got he was around the outside bit. he was
1: he was definitely.
0: Ricardo already got into a compromised position when Hamilton and Rosberg had the contact, forcing Ricardo to basically take a bit of a more evasive action again, allowing Max just around the outside of him to get that position in. And then with Rosberg jumping out in front of him again, not intentionally, but it did, that just definitely slowed him back down.
1: Yeah, I think Ricardo was going quite hard into turn one as well. He pinched the inside break, which made him run a little bit wide. I don't know if he kind of got caught up in what was happening with Rosberg and Hamilton and he, he, yeah, he just got a little bit trapped, but, um, which then gave Max uh, the chance to run the inside line through turn one, then the outside line in turn two, and then Rosberg popped out right in front of him right when he didn't need it, um, because he would add the commanding line into the next uh, turn three. So, kind of put him in a compromised position and he just had to sort of get out of the throttle go around him and uh, slot into fourth position. Once again that's just racing, that happens. It is. And even Rosberg took it on the chin when he was doing the press conference after the the race. He was a little pissed. Oh, he he was pissed, but he himself uh he, he himself he basically said, well, you know, if I'm going to do that, it's my job to make it so that I'm in the commanding position for for track space. Cuz he didn't he got up right beside him, but
0: he didn't really no, Make was the in... extra move to get further in front to really command that track position.
1: Exactly. Michael, what do you reckon at the start of Vettel? Oh, that was amazing. He was
0: just off like lightning. That start, I don't know if he just got the a really good start off it and Hamilton's start was poor and then it was magnified by Vettel's start. Vettel got that Ferrari off the line and he was gone. By turn two, he was halfway up the track
1: Yeah, um, in front of everyone else. I think it was a bit of column A, column B mm. as well you know he got a good start they got bad starts
0: but this is something that mercedes haven't really managed to perfect now with the new starting regulations with more Sing- under
1: driver control the single clutch single clutch and yeah drivers have to do a lot of their stuff on the fly now instead of having a couple of engineers sitting there and going all right this much traction available yada 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 this much slip hamilton said after the race in a post
0: conference that he had he believed he heated his clutch up a little bit too much
1: yeah, yeah. I think he was um, guessing at that stage. I guess they'll go back and analyse it, but that was his view. He had a bit of too much clutch slip. Ferrari did their usual pit stop. I don't know why
0: Ferrari do this sometimes. They get in a commanding position where they can run the race and they like to take the gamble.
1: Yeah, it was it was interesting. They're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. If, if they, um, watching that interview, were watching with uh, Vettel and Hamilton and Hamilton admitted that they were going to go the two-stopper as well if ferrari hadn't gone the two-stopper obviously that would have been to get hamilton some clean air but and vettel was already in clean air interesting to see they just put themselves in races that they didn't need to be in so he got behind slower cars which then he had to like it wasn't lapped cars it was just slow cars on the lead lap that were not going to just hand you a position some of them are not going to fight that hard but they're not going to just hand you the position and it i think it kind of ruined his race they did jump on that that um virtual safety car pretty quick and slightly
0: unlucky that was called in a little earlier but either way like i've said to you before they there was no other safety car throughout the race so everyone was going to have to pit under green flag yeah um so you were going to lose that they managed to minimize the loss i think they cut it down they um only lost 10 seconds instead of the 16 seconds a normal pit stop takes yep um so that is still a plus for ferrari definitely it was a good call unfortunately the tires couldn't last and they had to make that extra stop and i think it was just that the second stop that really hurt them a lot of teams couldn't pull off the the one stopper
1: yeah i think i was talking about you to you about this before michael was um these a lot of people were struggling they were in dirty air and they were chewing tires where hamilton after he got freed this is one of the you know problems with the ferrari strategy was they gave him command because they gave him free air and that Mercedes is quick when it's out out in front it's a quick car mm-hmm. it looks after its tires and it's quick they basically handed Mercedes exactly what they needed to make Hamilton fast
0: i think Ferrari just wanted Mercedes to copy them they wanted to try and we'll pit in first and the next lap Hamilton's going to have to follow in and copy us they didn't they knew once they got the track the track position free air then they can command the race and they knew they could probably they could do a one stopper yeah and they did and in the end he pulled it off like it was a big
1: gap still too it was six seconds or something at the the end of the race so hamilton
0: has been doing a really good job lately making tires last
1: yeah i agree i agree he did
0: it again at last weekend at monaco and he did it again this week so yeah that's that's something you've just got to keep in the back of your mind that he's making these tires last a lot longer than most other people he's getting the results that he needs
1: Yeah, I think it's also come down again. In Monaco, he got gifted uh, free track. Yeah, he got gifted uh, not following a car. So Ricardo's tyres, by the end of the race, Ricardo was a lot faster, but by the end of the race, he had no tyres left on the thing because he'd been following too close to... Just like
0: Vettel in this race.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not just like it,
0: but very similar.
1: Similar, yeah. Vettel murdered his tyres, passing everyone and getting stuck in dirty air, where Hamilton just went out the front there and plugged in what lap times he needed to, you know... He, exactly what he needed to do he drove a great race didn't make mistakes so and it, it was actually interesting what do you think like i kind of expected uh vitel to come in and be a little bit down but what do you think michael of he'd come in he was pretty jubilant, like really Vettel
0: happy and hamilton seem to be best buds like hamilton's already ditched justin beaver and now using sebastian Vettel as his new best mate <laughs> i mean it was good sportsmanship between them After the race, while they're still driving, they both gave each other the thumbs up. In the, I think what we call it the driver cool-down room before the podium, um, they were making jokes. There was the uh, post-race interview on Sky, which we watched, which I'll link in the show notes, where Vettel just comes and crashes Hamilton's interview. interview. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was really good to watch. As a fan, that was good to see the drivers actually getting along. Not so much in Formula 1, you don't really see them fighting, but it was just good to see look natural back, chemistry
1: yeah back and forth from them Yeah,
0: I think the reason why those two are getting on quite well is they're very similar they would not work in the same team if no. you put those two in the same team you won't get this but because they're in similar positions now that they, yeah, they work well in separate teams and they get on well together
1: now you put them in the same team, put them
0: in the same colours, you'll butt heads.
1: I think at the moment it's been uh, it's really interesting too because I think they're enjoying being pushed by each other. Uh, Hamilton seems to really thrive on that. He in uh, Monaco was really happy that Daniel Ricciardo had pushed him the whole way to the end of the race, and now in this race he, you know, when he's like, "Oh my God, you flew at the start," blah blah blah, he was really happy that he was had a race on his hands instead of just going out and punching in the. I'm here just to here to
0: do this number and I get to the end and I yeah. get a trophy. Yeah. But no, it is it's, it is good to see that he's, he's enjoying his racing. Um, At the start of the year, he was a little bit mopey when he wasn't winning the races and had a lot of the car issues. He got that win the other week. Now he's got two wins. He just seems to be revitalized and yeah. enjoying his racing.
1: Yeah, Mercedes seemed to be fixing his side of the garage now. He didn't have any dramas. They're making the right calls. It all seems to be working hunky-dory for them. So Jensen Button, he unfortunately was, his car caught on fire.
0: Well,
1: yeah. Or his engine gave way. Yep. So it was an old engine. Um, they'd run it for a, for a few meetings. So um, probably not too much of a surprise, but a bit of a shame. He just, Jensen just, he's not having a
0: good run. And, but he always tries to, like when you see him in the interviews, he's always like, well, what can you do? That's the cards that I've been dealt. I'm just playing the hand I've got.
1: Yeah, he's. you can see the frustration on him, but he doesn't want to show it too much. You know, you can see it anyway. But mm. he, st- he tr- really tries to remain positive for the, the crew back at the workshop and stuff like that to try and keep them positive. Um, it's a real shame. He's a likeable fella, and it's and hard to watch them go through this.
0: Let's be honest. He doesn't have that many years left in F1.
1: No, I think um, Jensen... You know, he's a realist. He I think he only signed a 12-month contract. He's Yeah, I think. He's still fast. Um, put him in against a lot of these young guns and he would be just as quick as them. But people don't want to hire a driver for the next one year. They want someone that they can lock into a contract and continue to have a, a great driver for them. And I don't think Jensen's at that stage of his career where he can, one, ask for a multi-year contract and, two, you know, fulfill that. Like, he's... he's himself he's probably going to want to retire if they don't start he's not going to want to bash around at the back of the grid for the rest of his f1 career so if uh if they don't start getting that mclaren up the front next year i think he might be choosing to retire another person who we've
0: had a quick talk of massa he's struggling a lot lately and he's another one of those drivers that's sort of coming to the end of his um his
1: peak Yeah, I think at least with Button and Alonso, you can see they're quite equal. And we know Alonso's a great driver. Mm -hmm. We know Button's a great driver, but they're really quite equal. Bottas and Massa, Bottas pretty much... Pances him. Yeah, every practice, every qualifying, every race, he's, you know, not every time, but, you know, I'd say 85% of the time, he's faster. Yeah. And you just can't do that in F1. Like, I know uh, Massa brings other stuff to the team with he's had a wealth of experience yeah knowledge and um, professionalism of how he runs himself and stuff like that but it is it's interesting. Do you reckon, like Michael, do you reckon he's going to have, what, another year in him? Two years? What do you reckon he's going to do? Massa, I don't know if he's got huge amounts of appeal left to
0: the teams beyond maybe getting a 12 month extension for next year when they've got these new regulations. The teams might want to keep a more experienced driver on while they're testing these few things that a rookie might not fully get their head around and relaying the information back better to the team so they can understand what these new, um, new cars and specifications are going to do. I struggle to see Master being in a team after 2017. You've got the likes of um, Pascal Verlein, maybe Harriento. You feel the younger drivers in well, the... But you've
1: got Carlos Sainz that's going to be Carlos looking.
0: Carlos Sainz, he's, he's definitely going to have to get a new drive and... Toro Rosso don't really do after two years.
1: Yeah, traditionally, they are either going to make the step up to the big team or you move along.
0: But, yeah, I just can't... I just think, yeah, after 2017, maybe Massa won't be in it anymore and we won't get to see him and his brother in the pits. I mean, yeah. Massa
1: has probably one of the most supportive brothers out there. Yeah, the whole family, kids always around and stuff like that as well. It's really... It's cool to see. Massa's a likeable fellow around around the grid. A lot of people like Massa.
0: Oh, I, I, I think the it's teams a good driver. So I can... I just, it's coming to the stage a bit like the Rubens Barrichello stage. Like,
1: there's got to be a time where you've your time's come. Yeah, exactly. He's not showing that shine anymore. Maybe he can prove us all wrong next meeting, but, yeah, he just doesn't seem to have it anymore.
0: JD, what's your opinion on the final turn onto the straight and the drivers sort of cutting it as such? Vettel was doing very good to just clip the yellow kerb and then he knows he can go straight.
1: Yeah, it was it was what when I was watching the race, like they point out there's a bollard. If you uh, if you don't hit the policeman curve or whatever they call it, the yellow curb, you've got to go to the left of the bollard, and it slows you down quite a lot when you run onto the straight. And I watched Vettel a couple of times have a slight lock up, and he wasn't going to make the corner. And just at the last minute, he'd turn out of it and got cut across the end, like the the, the center of the corner. But he'd make sure he just just, just touched the. The yellow policeman curve, and it was just enough. So he wasn't breaking any rules, and he could have a nice straight run onto the straight. I don't think he was gaining anything from it, but I definitely think he was helping the fact that he wasn't going to have to go to the left of the the, the bollard and lose a whole bunch of time.
0: Just a bit of racemanship there.
1: Yeah, well, he was pushing his really, you know, he was pushing really, really hard, uh, trying to catch Hamilton. It was really interesting, actually watching. Probably. You know for that race, I guess there was not a whole lot of things going on towards the end of it, but it was really interesting to watch him how hard he was pushing. He was making mistakes all over the place because he was pushing, doing qualifying laps on old tyres, and mm. yeah, it was he it had was a really few lock ups.
0: Um, Rosberg had a few mistakes throughout the whole race as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, Rosberg, he, Rosberg had,
0: just had a race that you're
1: just going to forget about. Yeah, it's um, that what do you think? It the no team radio help uh read its head again what do you think about that michael
0: i don't care if the teams are telling them information maybe not to the point where you need to know what every tire every car is driving on and how many laps old they are but when your driver's going on the radio what are all these alarms and are they real and tony get a response back the alarms are real like maybe a little bit more information and i think this is something that the um formula one itself has caused this issue they broadcast the radio messages on the tv and that's the way the fans know that they get these messages to tell them what to do and then the fans go oh their drivers are just there sitting there listening to a message and like i have to do this lap time or i have to do this and they're not really doing the work if they didn't want them to know about that just don't broadcast those messages
1: yeah they're a pretty complex car i think people think of it like a 80s car and stuff like that where you know you probably had an oil pressure light and a, RPM gauge, ward temp gauge, and you know, if not they that working, many gauges. You can just tap on it and it'll work. <laughs> yeah, not that many gauges to be watching, but these guys have—they've yeah, got all these codes on their steering wheels. They've got a lot of stuff going on in the cab. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. I, I would have liked them to be able to say, "Oh, just you know, you've got warning code C, blah blah blah. You know, we need to call front brakes or whatever. It's a warning for this. Yeah, maybe not tell him how to fix it, but at least tell him
0: you know a bit more than the warnings are yeah. real.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's a brake temp warning, and you've also got a water temperature warning because he he obviously was having a bit of a panic because he couldn't see anything on his steering wheel other than warnings popping up everywhere because he was uh, in dirty hot air from the car in front. It's something I actually miss. Like, don't tell the drivers how to drive. Don't tell them where to brake, you know. Don't tell them, you know, you need to take a different line or any of that stuff. Fair enough, ban all that. I think you know we need that banter back and forth to the teams. Mm. Um, we had Kimi have a little bit of banter. Yeah, good old Kimi telling it how it is. What was it? Take you it easy. Take Kimi. it easy.
0: I can't take it easy and keep them behind. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Kimi was up to his old tactics. <laughs> nah, but Kimi's always good for that. Back
0: onto Rosberg for a second. That was a big spin on the final corner.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Um, he was lucky not to stall the engine. That would yes. have been really detrimental to his championship.
0: Well, he was lucky that he didn't make contact with Verstappen, so, and the car didn't stall. He didn't lose the position. He had to go for it. No harm, no foul.
1: Yeah, exactly, and he was just going hard. Uh, it was interesting listening to him after the race. He had a few problems with the fact that he was going to run out of fuel if he kept pushing every lap to try and pass Verstappen.
0: Which is something um, I haven't had to think about, the fuel, in a while. At the start of the new series, I think it was 2000, 2014, with the new regulations, fuel was the big talking point. Oh everyone's going to run out of fuel. It's everyone's conserving. Last year everyone sort of got on top of it and then I haven't really worried about people going, "Oh, how much fuel have they used?" You're just like, "Yep, they've got 100 kilos, they'll go nuts, they'll leave a liter in the Yeah,
1: car. it's a, it's amazing how far advanced they've become, hey Michael. Like some of these cars they're not even going out on track with they're allowed 100 kilos of fuel on well, they board. They don't have
0: to put that in the car.
1: Yeah, and some of these cars aren't even going out on track with 100 kilos on board. It's really interesting.
0: Really confusing to then for them to next year go we're bringing refueling back. What's your opinions on that? To
1: be honest, like I know it's going to make a lot of strategy stuff open up and it might open up some really interesting racing and stuff like that. I, just, I thought they took it away for a safety issue and now they're bringing it back. Like, fair enough, they're not using methanol anymore, but something that was deemed to be unsafe, take it away and now they're bringing it back in. It just, I don't know. It It seems is a little a, weird. It seems a bit backwards. I know they're trying to make the racing better
0: and whatnot, but... It will be nice to see, like, a, say a car come in they can pit for fresh tires get that extra splash of fuel in there and really power home like you can attack at 110 percent
1: yeah i wonder how they're gonna do it because their pit stops are so short these days well they'll be longer yeah how much longer but it'll be really interesting to see what's your thoughts on uh, verstappen he did a really good job of keeping rosberg behind we've talked about rosberg's spin but what do you think about his driving there
0: oh he did really well he recovered well from monaco which I was a little worried about if he was, how much of a hit that would take to his confidence. Um, But with the new, the Renault power plant in his car, he used it fairly well to his advantage. Um, He did keep Rosberg at bay throughout the whole time. Rosberg was, with the fuel and having to look after his tyres and stuff, but in the end, that doesn't really matter. Verstappen come home with the points. I want to see him at a few more races before I can fully judge where he's at in Red Bull. He's still new. This was only his third race in the team, so he's still got to learn. He probably won't know everyone's name at the workshop yet. Give him a few more races, let him get settled in, and let's see where he's truly at in with this Red Bull.
1: Yeah, I was impressed. Um, he managed to put that Red Bull right in the spots where rosberg needed to be to pass him and you know it showed some really good racing um tech there like he did a really good job of it
0: he definitely has a racing mind like yeah he's a natural yeah
1: he's a natural and he's already showing promise and i think he's already performing as good as uh, Danny Kvyat was for Red Bull, if not better, so he'll be a real challenger for Daniel in the near future. I think the other one that did a great race was um, Bottas and the and the Williams team. They really managed to pull a good race out there. He was really happy on
0: the team radio um, for the win. He was for the win for the <laughs> was like a win for him. He's for third. He was really static on the radio he was thanked everyone um i think he needed this it's he's been in the wilderness for a little bit
1: williams in general have been they i was have, really sh- disappointed last year with their with their pace and i was worried that this year that they were going to look so much at 2017 car that they would stop developing this car and they wouldn't go anywhere but it was really good they were f- they were setting fastest laps at the end of their first stint when people had already gone on to a new set of super softs and ultra ultrasofts tires. and he was on you know 16 lap 20 lap old
0: and i think this is good for Bottas because he's another one that we don't know if he's going to stay at williams and to get a few more podiums and stuff under his belt is just increasing his um his value as a driver for the other teams
1: yeah it's going to make him stronger and put him in a stronger position uh he's doing everything right anyway like we were talking about it earlier but he's doing everything right he's out qualifying and out racing his his teammates so and that's all he can do um if the williams isn't fast enough to win races well it's not fast enough to win races but He's doing everything else right. So Michael, looking forward to uh, the Crown Bet Triple Crown Hidden Valley round of V8 supercars. Yeah, that's uh, it's counting down the days now. Yeah, only uh, what four days till practice. Yes. Yeah. So um, we'll be down there and uh, hopefully grab some sound clips and some stuff. And uh, but yeah, really looking forward to it. Should be good. Um, they've changed the gearing now in the cars,
0: allowing a top speed of around 275 k's an hour down the straight.
1: Yeah, it should be really interesting because it's been a track that... They've topped that,
0: out a lot. Yeah,
1: they? the the cars struggle. Like if you get a really good run onto the straight, everyone's going to hit the same top speed. Regardless mm. whether you've got a good run onto the straight or not, you're on rev limiter before the brakes. So um, it made it really hard to pass and they, they think that this might actually help them a little bit. It uh, definitely should be good because it's not good for the cars to be
0: you know hundreds of metres going down on limiter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's um that'll be interesting to see how much effect it makes should bring the lap times down a little bit i assume the thing that
0: i'm really looking forward to this weekend is walking into the hidden valley circuit and
1: hearing the cars yeah especially
0: after having such a like seems like forever since we've seen a v8 supercar race which has been three weeks
1: yeah it's something i love the the pop on the gear change and everything like that something i look forward to every year gets the blood pumping
0: i've had to take that friday off work because you can hear the cars from my work, I'm not that far away from the circuit.
1: Yeah. And Same. generally
0: I'm standing outside of the warehouse and just be like listening to the cars go by and I just go, Nope, I'm going home. I'm going <laughs> to the track Yeah. And so this year thought I had definitely taken the Friday
1: off. Yep, yeah, same here penciled in the book it i'm, I'm gone <laughs> yeah don't call me i won't answer
0: <laughs> um but yeah with this track or with the round being here we do have a few things planned won't go into them too much detail um we do have a small competition coming up which you'll hear in next week we're trying to get some interviews lined up um if we can get them we can get them if not we'll still give you our perspective of the whole race it's gonna be a big weekend to get this round this race as formula well one. as the formula one yeah <laughs> and it's going to be your birthday yeah and i so feel like going to be, off too we're going to be drinking yeah. so
1: qualifying will be watched on the phone at the track <laughs> um yeah i'll, I'll be definitely uh, looking forward to this weekend and uh getting back involved get down there and smell that race fuel again and that's all we have time for this week on uh, breaking late yep thanks for joining us um don't forget to like subscribe and share Yep, hit us up on Facebook if you got any feedback or things you want us to talk about.
0: Yep, we're on um, Twitter and you can send us an email as well at breakinglate at gmail dot com.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Yep.
0: We'll see you guys next week.
1: See ya. Bye. I can't remember what we're talking about. It's <laughs> too many rums.